Hey friends, I'm coming at you with a solo episode today, and it's going to be based on a blog I wrote for the Institute of Transformational Nutrition a couple months ago. If you'd like to read it fully, you can search how to achieve emotional stillness, even in times of chaos, on Google or at the ITN, which is the Institute of Transformational Nutrition blog. Or you can go to the website blog.transformationalnutrition.com slash emotional dash stillness and then another backslash and this is also where the links and the hyperlinks to resources and research are now let's get to the topic it's become often that we hear things like be calm or be still but that itself can just be some verbiage so how do i apply it well first off i'd like to share a couple things one rule about the brain is that if you ask it a question it will seek an answer. With that in mind, to receive an answer that is beneficial, or it leads to action, there needs to be a supportive question posed. For instance, when I was asked if the topic, or asked to write the topic, how to find stillness within my emotions, my initial question is, well, the way that one asks the question is important because if I ask, how do I find stillness within my emotions, I may be asking it in a way where my subconscious mind really takes it in that uh, I don't know and I'm not going to find it. Also, the words that we use really do matter. You may have heard the popular um, catchphrase or phrase, please help me lose weight or I'm going to help you lose weight fast. But what do you do when you lose something? You find it. Instead, you got to find a way to... or. <laughs> Wow, just uh, contradicting myself. <laughs> Instead, release that weight. That may sound, sound kind of scrupulous, but if you have any belief that your thoughts create your reality, give it a second thought. Plus, it's pretty fun to use words that are more accurate and empowering. Think about it. I'm going to release this weight rather than, oh, I have to try and lose this weight. When it comes to the topic of stillness, I'll ask a more, or, and we'll get to in the article, I ask a more empowering question to start because I'd like to share that I think we already have stillness within our emotions. It requires a level of awareness. Rather than find it, how do we continuously arrive at stillness within our emotions, regardless of the pleasant or unpleasant emotions that we may be experiencing at this time, at this moment? So let's dive a little deeper. And if you have any questions, hit me up on my website solomonezra.wixsite.com slash solomonezra or on my Instagram at king underscore solomon8. So here's the start. I started the article by with a popular uh, well-known adage that I heard called answer the person, not the question. And it's important because it really dictates the teacher's delivery to the student. So he or she can receive the information or as it emphasized by the founder of the certification I earned, you gotta put the message before me, message before me. So there's also different stories and questions that I've, I've heard before where the response is different. And so it really kind of matters who's asking the question. So I wanted to, when I wrote this article, make it, Pretty much in a way that anybody could personalize it and make it f for themselves. 
So our roles, mine and yours, you as a listener now or as a reader, and me as the teacher. In the Institute of Transformational Nutrition, we were learned how to personalize nutrition for clients, but that meant more so physically, mentally, and spiritually. So in order to personalize this information on finding, I kept up with the verbiage, but in continuously arriving at stillness within the emotions you experience, we both play important roles, necessary roles. In the case of finding stillness within your emotions, I can only provide you with information and a practical plan for you to implement these tools and make them your own. So whether there's a global quarantine, which we happen to be still experiencing, or an intense personal event that stimulates the sympathetic nervous system, there are tools to settle into the stillness within any emotion and feelings that arise. That's where you come in. It's one thing to share the knowledge, but it's something else entirely for you to personalize it and take action on it. And trust me, actually don't. Experience it for yourself. It is possible to be still with any emotion. Challenging, yes. But possible, yeah, for sure. Be still and know that I am. There are countless informative books on stillness, creating an inner sp space between thoughts, how thoughts manifest as emotions, and books on, ac on actions to take in order to be still. And it's just that, being still. There are a few etymologies I looked up of the word still that really help understand what stillness truly is. To calm down, to become quiet, while a photo of a still ocean is observably still, being still is an internal state of being. It is possible to have feelings of agitation or, quote, unstillness in calm environments, just as much as it is possible to be, be still in chaotic times. Growing up, my brothers and I often felt pretty restless, so my grandmother gifted us this copper plaque I still have here at home, that had the, the, um, the Bible verse, be still and know that I am, engraved on it. As I grew up and widened my perspectives and began to practice stillness through meditation and other tools, the meaning and appreciation of that timeless message my grandmother passed to my brothers and me has evolved tremendously. This universal truth and continuous teaching to become present comes from the biblical words received from God such as in Psalms 46, be still and know that I am God, refers to the mental stillness and awareness that transcends the thoughts that arise, that lead to less calm feelings and emotions. Once still and quiet, one can simply observe the thoughts, feelings, sensations, images, emotions, and emotions that arise without identifying with them. Not identifying with the thoughts requires an ability to concentrate and become aware of what arises in this moment. For example, if I'm still, I'm not unconsciously believing the next moment or the previous moment is more important than now. There may be thoughts about the past or future that arise, but the observer is not entertaining or acting on those thoughts without a conscious decision to. <clears throat> a primary step in finding stillness is to first identify the thoughts, feelings, and emotions in this moment and to do it objectively and impersonally. Here's what 
it would look like. As I write this paper or as I record this podcast, there's a sense of calmness and clarity as I type the keys on the keyboard. There's a subtle twitching feeling on the thighs, some heat in the lower back, and even a feeble tickle in the stomach. The thoughts I have are generally about how to accurately and simply share this understanding. There's a few occasional uh, worries that arise about recording this and how it's going to be presented. Occasionally, there are thoughts that this could be over-explained. However, I know not to engage in those thoughts and begin to worry about what to write or how to share the information. In this above little journal entry, if you read the article or what I just said earlier, there were few personal emotional reactions, very slight degree, but to the thoughts and sensations that arose. Sure, there were thoughts of uncertainty, a thought that this could be overexplained, but I made them impersonal. <clears throat> Once the thought arose, I welcomed it and then let it go. Like looking up to the clouds that slowly pass in the sky, taking it personally would look like, ugh, I'm so anxious, I always write more than necessary. And likely the, the sensations in the thighs would increase the intensity and passing and pacifying behaviors would begin unnoticed to me. <laughs> and it, my, I, I would try and resist all that's taking place. So as I mentioned a little bit at the beginning, asking better questions is often helped with arriving at a, uh, or an ideal answer requires a great question. Along with the information above about observing objectively, and that honestly could have a whole topic episode of its own, let's transform the question, how to find stillness within your emotions and feelings into something that, sometimes depending on the reader, has a subtle hint that you don't know how to find stillness. Well, I don't know you, I don't know, you may say as you read this. And I'd say, actually, you do know. There are just some doubts in you that convince you to think otherwise. One, one of the many beauties of the mind is that it is always in the now, and what you focus on expands. So one might have read how to find stillness within your emotions and, and got triggered to go down some kind of thinking and feeling loop of uncertainty and doubt that led to much deeper emotional memories of when they felt uncertain. This is important. This is an, another important reason to observe the feelings and emotions impersonally. Also, one has to find something when it is lost. And with some of the, these rules of the mind mentioned above, and if you go read the article, I have a link to more about the rules of the mind, let's agree that stillness was never lost. Rather, we are continuously arriving at a place of stillness, Stillness is a practice. So continuously, arri continuous arrival acknowledges the journey of arrival to a destination. The journey of stillness and anything has some ebbs and flows to it. There will be some days where stillness is on fleek. It's a lot more um, easier to arrive at. While other days, it may be pretty damn turbulent. Some possible better questions that evoke more of a curiosity and an excitement to improve on this skill of stillness could be, 
How do, how do I continuously arrive at a place of stillness within any emotion or feelings? How to settle into stillness above the emotions and feelings? Or even how to be still within any emotion and feelings? Take notice in the feelings that arise in relation to different questions. The, quote, better questions are impersonal and focused on building the skill of stillness, while the initial one may evoke a feeling of uncertainty or, or um, just confusion, and you'll skip over it. For example, when I ask, how do I continuously arrive at a place of stillness? My mind will go and, and, um, and find information and data that I've learned on how I, why, how I have found stillness in the past. And one of the things is, like I mentioned, is just to observe things objectively. <clears throat> because when I'm in a, in a fury and, I will, and, and someone or myself will overanalyze something, then it's just going to continuously go down that loop without, ever, and without a level of awareness. And, and um, stopping those um, emotional roller coasters. So, daily tools and tips for the journey of stillness. Heed the note that stillness is a practice. It does not mean every moment is going to be pleasant. Stillness is the inner space above any wave that arises in your life. Rather than attempting to control anything that happens, one who is, one who is still rides that wave with a sense of trust and surrender. Now that you know what stillness is, here are some tools to help navigate any emotional waves that present themselves. Simple actions in silence that allow the mind to wander. Go on a walk or sit somewhere and allow the mind to wander. The action of mind wandering has been studied in research to help lead to new ideas. It is well known that great mind, the greatest of minds like Albert Einstein would, as he himself is quoted for saying, in one of my favorite quotes, I stop thinking, swim in silence, and the truth comes to me. The conscious mind is our creative and analytical mind. However, it can get in the way when it is too focused on a problem. Do you ever have an instance where you're really engrossed into solving some kind of problem and you just can't seem to find a solution, and then you just get away from it. It could be even finding a physical object. And next thing you know, it's like some new thought or idea just drops into the awareness and you come across that what you're looking for. When we let go and we allow the mind to wander, thus practicing stillness, the decision to divert the focus allows the subconscious mind to step in and make connections greater than the conscious mind could imagine. Walking has also been studied and shown to foster creativity and organize the world around us. As we move our bodies and change the things we see, as opposed to sitting in one spot thinking about something, it can change the perceptions about that thought. If there's a question on your mind that does not seem to have a solution, consider walking around sitting outside and allowing the mind to wonder about anything that arises. The focus can be on the environment around you and or it can be on the thoughts. However, in the topic of stillness, love all that presents itself, the anger, uncertainty, unworthiness. Creating the stillness within these emotions includes loving them 
and the information they bring you. What does that mean? <clears throat> Rather than when, when we have a, an emotion of anger or frustration or uncertainty, it's common and it's almost natural to, well, I hesitate saying that because I'm not sure if it's natural or not, but to resist them, to, to push them away. I don't, who wants to feel uh, unworthy or frustrated? I surely don't don't have a preference to it, but in creating stillness, by simply observing it, allowing it to rise and pass away, like we mentioned with the clouds or cars, it honestly helps. You can learn something from it. You can see what it's what's what it's arising from in the first place, and then move on. Meditation, most likely the number one tool to practice and create stillness is meditation. There are countless and will be countless research studies on meditation. So I will explain how it can help with achieving stillness with any emotional state. As mentioned earlier, stillness does not mean all will be pleasant. Stillness is an inner space within any emotion. <clears throat> like the eye of a tornado is a region of mostly calm weather at the center of the storm. Meditation means to become familiar with. So through the practice of meditation, one can be more familiar with the emotions they experience and the information they arise that information they arise to share with the meditator. There are various meditation techniques, but in general, but in the general sense, the more one meditates, the more they can become aware of patterns in the way they think or feel. Therefore, it can be a powerful tool to practice stillness. Rather than reacting to the stirful feelings of anxiety, fear, guilt, or any limited slash fear-based emotion, the meditator is sitting still with eyes closed and, depending on the meditation, listening to a guided meditation, or is in silence concentrating on a focal point like their breath, the sensations on the body, or nothing. You can look into Joe Dispenza's meditations for getting beyond the body time and the environment. Again, please go to the article to look more into um, the links. But to really understand why and how meditation is beneficial, there can be and are whole books on it. In short, it improves one's stillness because the more one sits and inhibits the conditioned responses of reacting unconditionally to limited emotions, the more they increase their energy and can ride any wave in their life. A few meditations I highly recommend looking into are Dr. Joe Dispenza's meditations, Mind Valley, Vishen Lakhiani's meditations are nice and short. Um, I heard but haven't tried yet, Ziva Meditation by Emily Fletcher. Headspace app is one of, the, I think that's one of the first ones I began with years ago. Uh, Dr. Barry Morgulin, that's an interesting uh, doctor I um, heard speak at Mind Valley Live in March. And a technique that I went on a silent meditation retreat for called Vipassana meditation, which is a um, non secular um, practice. And yeah, there are retreats about it you can ask about and look into. Ask lofty questions. Another creative and fun tool that I became aware of through a course from Mind Valley, taught by Christy Marie Sheldon, is to ask lofty questions. 
So rather than run the loop of questions that hinder you, for example, how come I can't find stillness? Why is it so hard to be still? Why are my emotions so stir crazy? Why does my life sting today? Ask lofty questions that lift you into action. When the first type of questions are asked, the mind will answer with reasons that support the victim mindset. Oh, you're stir crazy because you screwed this up one time or you haven't paid the bills or you don't have a job yet. A lofty question in the topic of stillness would be, well, how is it that I'm so good at being still within my emotions? Well, it'll shift the focus to answering those questions. In my experience of feeling stuck, I would ask something like, how is it that I always know what to do? To which I would settle down and naturally do something that supported me and then seemingly stumble across a novel idea to solve a problem. Sometimes it would take a few hours or days to realize that I had solved the problem because I was living as if I already solved it. <clears throat> and if it's something that I didn't have maybe much knowledge about, it would naturally push me into looking into ways. Journaling. Similar to the paragraph about identifying thoughts and feelings objectively, journaling can help organize and make sense of the thoughts and feelings at a given situation or throughout the day. Throughout the day, there are something like over 60,000 thoughts in one's head. In all likeliness, some may not be intended or pleasant. By, and by taking it out of the head and capturing it on paper or writing it on paper, it allows one to capture the thoughts visually. Then one can see that thought for what it is, meaning the emotion it is coming from. A, a technique I highly recommend here, especially when there's a question that, or a thought that perhaps triggers uh, one, is the Katie Byron's four questions. Katie Byron's four question, I, I have a link to it on the um, article, but I wanted to pull them up to share with them really quickly, is when I have a certain thought, the first question I would ask is, is it true? Let's say yes. And it could be for any kind of worrisome thought or limiting thought. Number two would be, can I absolutely know that it's true? Number th Question three would, how do I react? What happens when I believe that thought? And four, what, who would I be without that thought? Normally, this final one helps me kind of calm down and release this certain thought that I can't be 100% sure is true. Then there's a, a fifth aspect, actually, that I recently, a friend uh, reminded me of, is called the turnaround. The turnaround is an opportunity to experience the opposite of what you believe. It's, it's changing the perspective and looking at it in many different ways. <clears throat> gratitude journaling can build the skill of focusing on gratitude. By making an effort to choose to be grateful in any situation, one can also find stillness. It is possible to be grateful for a feeling of fear because it's only there to show you something. It's a practice of loving a part of yourself that you may not have loved before. 
practicing this can help one be still and let go of trying to get out of the feelings and emotions. Number five, I think it's number five, <laughs> breathe. I recently actually got this book called Conscious Breathing and it came with this um, relaxator device that helps with focusing on the nasal breathing. It's really cool so far. Five, breathe. There are also many breathing techniques. You can check out Boundless by Ben Greenfield for some recommendations that really boost the immune system, managing stress, help manage stress, enhance sleep, increase energy, and more. I like to do what's called box breathing as I take a cold shower. Although um, here in Houston, Texas, a cold shower is not cold. So um, it's a little bit of a challenge. But it's in, I like to do about three to five minutes in the cold. So I turn the body in each kind of direction and do box breathing, which would be four, four um, breaths in, hold, and then out. We can even do one now to take a nice little break. So we'll do in for, for four seconds. Hold for four seconds. Out for four seconds. Hold for four seconds. And you do on repeat. As Ben Greenfield writes in Boundless, this technique can really help regulate the autonomic nervous system and calm you down. Often when our feelings and emotions are all over the place, the conscious brain begins overanalyzing and thinking and looking for reasons to justify our feelings. Instead of asking something that is not productive, close your mouth, slowly inhale through your nose for four seconds, hold the breath for four seconds, exhale through your mouth for four seconds, and then hold for another four seconds as we just practiced. Repeat this for a few times. This can help you. This technique can help you arrive at a still place when being still does not quite seem beneficial. Reading, number six. Reading can also be a way to focus your attention on the moment. The words on the pages of a good book, especially a transformative one, can transcend you to a place you may not have been before, thus transporting you beyond stressful feelings and emotions. So when choosing a good book to read, or a book to read, think less about the right one to read and more about which feels right in this moment. You might come across a page with a message that just happens to resonate perfectly with what you're experiencing. Number seven, <clears throat> look at photos and or create a vision board. There are studies that show just looking at pictures of nature can calm levels of stress. Take that a step further and create a vision board to help evoke calmness and peace and help and also provide you a future vision of where you'd like to go. I know in my, in my bedroom, I have um, on the wall next to my bed pictures of at least one year and then there's a larger one of a three to five year vision of things I'm, I'm aiming at. So when times when I'm feeling a little quite um, stressful or overwhelmed, looking at those, concentrating and, and emotionally experiencing those um, visions really help just slow down, take a deep breath 
and remind myself where I'm where I'm headed, where I'd like to head. <clears throat> so here are some final thoughts. As you embark on your own journey of emotional stillness, I'd like to encourage you with some important last words that have really helped me create a sense of stillness, even when it seemed like it was impossible. First things first, you can't get this wrong. Two, set an intention for something you'd like to experience. Create a detailed experience of how it will be once you solve it, whatever it is that you feel a struggle with, and focus on that. In the topic of stillness, another thing that might help is set an intention and how would that look like to you? When What's an experience or that you may have that would help be evidence for you that you have uh, achieved a level of stillness within your emotions. Look into the different leaders and people you look up to. How do they think? How do they feel? How do they act? And how do they respond in times uh, when there's a lot of pressure and, um, and stress in their life? How do they remain and honestly blossom when, when there's just a lot of stress? Another quote and thing that helps me a lot of times, very frequently, is to remind myself what Einstein said, no problem can be solved by the same consciousness that created it. So stop trying to solve the problem in the same state that it was created. This helps me a lot because I know that the previous uh, recording got cut off because apparently on Anchor, there's a 30-minute recording limit. But what I was going to continue saying is that this quote, Einstein, no problem can be solved by the same consciousness created it, helps me really settle and um, be calm. Um, because what I was saying in the previous recording is that if I'm trying to solve a question or a problem, um, and I'm in, and I'm feeling very um, sad or um, frantic, and can't seem to find what I've misplaced, whether it was a physical physical object or just an emotional uh, problem that may be going on, I'm I'm not going to be open to possibilities. I'm not going to be able to see. Uh, the answer that may be present or to find one um, that arises if I'm if I'm in a uh, the same level of consciousness as Einstein says that created it that 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 got into this problem in the first place so by rehearsing or by reminding myself of this quote reminds me just to become to rise to, to raise my awareness and observe what I'm experiencing and almost also envision uh, what it'll be like when I solve this certain problem, which surely it'll be exciting and and I'll be grateful. And I, ha I like to have that in mind as I um, as I um, discover what what has been misplaced or 
to to become aware of what led me to feel this certain way. To close, I'd like to remind you that stillness is a journey in a place that transcends the still or the raging waters. So compared to the seas and sailing, navigate wisely and know that this too shall pass. As King Solomon is well known for saying, and this can be attributed to things that we're experiencing like COVID, like the quarantine. It's not going to be here forever, although there are some people that you meet and they think that, but it's not going to be forever. Nothing, everything, the only constant is change. And on the grand global scale like that too, thoughts. One thing that I really appreciated from a meditation retreat I went to is the ability, well, and my practice and over the years with meditation is the ability to to step back and observe certain thoughts that arise and 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 know that they'll they'll pass. I don't have to engage in them, especially one that comes from a, a limited, um, unworthy um, or uncertain emotion. That if I were to quite quite and uh, entertain it, wouldn't lead to any beneficial action. So by knowing, by by reminding myself these quotes and and also this well this truth that this too shall pass it has helped me tremendously in in learning and and improving and continuously arriving at a level of stillness that I that I'm continuously um, elevating and gaining mastery over and I hope this has helped ignite ignite and initiate a level of curiosity in you to to look into more of this topic of stillness and uh, begin begin your own journey and and see how where where you feel most still where what are when are times that you're aware that maybe you aren't feeling so still and see in those experiences um, if you cannot resist whatever you're experiencing and simply observe it. To me, that's a great and one of the biggest keys of being still within any emotion. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to let me know if you appreciate if you like this please let leave a review on apple uh, podcasts and reach out i'd love to hear more what you think take care and have a wonderful day thank you very much for tuning in and listening i hope this episode brought you some really great value if you enjoyed any of these episodes or would like to hear more please leave me a review on Apple or Anchor Podcast. I'm always looking out for topics to learn and talk about, gifts to share, and value to bring to us all. For more updates, please check out solomonezra.wixsite.com slash solomonezra. That's S-O-L-O-M-O-N-E-Z-R-A. That's where you can also sign up for newsletters, read about blogs, and hear my different podcasts. Take care.